0: Thanks for listening to the Redemption Hill podcast. As a community, we are learning the way of Jesus and serving our city. Redemption Hill is kind of different. We are a collective of micro-churches that gather together on Sundays to grow and connect and worship. So don't wait anymore. Join us Sundays at Boise Friends Church in the gym at 10.30 a.m. and get connected to the community you need in this season of your life. All the details you need are at redemptionboise.org. Up next is the training and teaching time from this week's gathering. Stay tuned after the sermon for more info on how to get connected. Cool. Um, I'm a four on the Enneagram. Anybody familiar with the Enneagram? Love the Woo, We're so Christian. <laughs> um, For those of you who don't know what the Enneagram is, it's a nine-sided figure used in a particular system of analysis uh, to represent the spectrum of possible personality types. Um, I don't know how much you guys know about Enneagram fours. As a four, I strive to be different. Uh, I just, I live off that. That's like what fours do. Uh, I'm fueled by looking different from others. And a large part of what feels like my identity uh, is living different or living in a different world than the rest of the globe um here's the problem <laughs> uh i end up getting jealous <laughs> of the rest of the world because i've worked so much on like not wanting to fit in that i don't fit in <laughs> and so uh i i hold these two worlds that i want to live in are <laughs> fun and different um But this morning, as we're continuing uh, our plan series on God's purpose for us, uh, we're continuing where Robert left off last week in Ephesians 4, uh, reading verses 17 through 32. I think Paul's audience faced a similar problem to me as an Enneagram 4, dealing with the two different ways of living. In Ephesians 4, 17 through 24, Paul writes this. He says, uh, With the Lord's authority I say this, uh, live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from life. God gives because have, they wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against Him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasures and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. So spirit, renew your thoughts and attitude, attitudes. Put your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Okay, so it's important for us to note this as we go into the text. The Gentiles that Paul is referring to in the section, uh, these are the Gentiles that are actively rejecting the knowledge of God. And these people, they might consider themselves uh, enlightened, and they may seem even pretty intelligent, uh, but because they're separated from God, uh, their wisdom is what I would call blind or darkened. Uh, and So because they're not, they're not rooted in God, uh, they become more subjective to sinful behavior such as impurity or greed. Uh, and like us, the Ephesians were blatantly faced with living in the world, but not living of the world. But those who believe in Jesus no longer need to live like They are without Christ. Now, like if you, um, or maybe others uh, have grown up in a Christian home and uh, they follow Jesus and everything they do and was taught that at a young age and it's all you know. Or maybe you're kind of like me where you find yourself somewhere in between or in the middle of that. But wherever we are in that, we share as a community of believers that uh, we have to adopt to living in the world but not living of the world. I really want people who don't know Jesus to know Jesus. Amen? Amen. Um, So I really like to place myself in circles that are uh, secular and build strong relationships with non-believers because I want them to see how Jesus moves in my life. Um, In this process, I'm not good at it sometimes. I I let myself be influenced by them and their worldly desires uh, instead of me allowing Jesus to influence them. Uh, and sometimes I find myself conforming to the world because i don 't want my secular friends to think that I am one of those Christians. Um, I work with teenagers and I work, and I am a young adult, <laughs> uh, so uh, I feel like I have the clout to say this next sentence. Um, the perspective from the perspective of American secular youth, and young adults, uh, being Christian is not really uh, cool. <laughs> for a lack of a better word. Um, and I don't want this to be like some woe is me, I'm a Christian sermon, because I think that uh, the secular perspective is, uh, is uh, perspective of Christians is, is valid uh, from this group, uh, to an extent. But um, how can we no longer live as Gentiles do and still reach people? How can we represent Jesus to the world who doesn't know him without folding? How can we live in the world and not, of the world okay so like i was saying I kind of have to walk this line of and I think you guys can relate to this too of living in the world but not of the world and it's like on we will use an example on my left we'll say is the world <laughs> um, and a, a lot of us can probably relate to this maybe left side it's more secular uh, comes from a secular background um, but I think this section uh, can go as deep as impurity or greed. And this side is, is sinful, and this side is, is dark. Uh, and walking and living in this area, and this side is, is blind or is dark. It's difficult. Uh, but what's in this group is people. And in this group is the people that Jesus has called us to reach to. So we need to be aware of this, but we, we need to walk in it, but not of it. And then there's the right side. And when I find myself leaning too much on this side, I find that every single one of my friends is a Christian, and every single one of my activities is involved in a church group, or a a Bible college, or some sort of Christian closed event. Uh, And I don't wanna, I I, I never wanna discredit this. Uh, I think this is good, and maybe to, especially maybe a newer believer, uh, this this is good. There is good that comes from this, absolutely. But I would argue that this side can become dark and blind, too, because when we camp here for so long, we have no idea what's going on over here. We have no idea what's going on in what some people would call the real world. Uh, And we exclude ourselves from ministering to the people who do not know Jesus. And I would say that the light shines here in the middle. And Paul reminds the Ephesians to not get caught up in the corrupt and deceitful desires of the world. So how do we live in the world, but not of the world? This is what Paul tells the Ephesians to do in their context. So Ephesians 4, 25 to 32 says this. So stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. If you are a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good work. And then give generously to others in need. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, Guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander. As well as describes uh, here in this text is our our new selves. When we accept Jesus Christ as our our Lord, our Lord and our personal Savior, uh, these are the practices, actions, and characteristics that we should abide by in our daily lives. And we no longer have to live of the world, and uh, what I love about these characteristics that Paul describes is that you could plug any one of these into the way Jesus lived when he walked on the earth and it fits perfectly into who he was and to who his identity is and even to who he is now and how he communicates with us now. Uh, but before I go into detail about each one because I want to break that, those verses down, uh, I want us to remember that we're not going to be instantly perfect at these. But I do believe the more we intentionally go out of our way to practice these, in our daily lives, when ministering with people, the more that they will become natural to us, and they will ebb and flow into our lifestyle choices. Jesus telling lies. Let our neighbors tell the truth, for we are all, all parts of the same body. Boom, tell the truth. You guys know this. <laughs> tell the truth. Uh, <laughs> when my little sister uh, Mariah and I were kids, uh, we would do something mischievous, you know, together, uh, in the house, and then something would break. Maybe your kids do this uh and we would get what felt like uh interrogation at the time by our parents uh now neither mariah and i we would want to get in trouble uh so we would do what most kids do and that's a lie. <laughs> and we were children so we were really good liars <laughs> anybody who has kids knows know how uh untrue that statement is uh, but here's the problem that mariah and i had the problem that mariah and i had is that we were never ever on the same page with our lies it was horrible so we'd get separated, right? Boom, boom. Uh, I would say one thing to my parent, then Mariah would say a different thing to our parent, uh, and our the st- truth. Uh, but, you know, we, we sprinkle in, to our lie, we always sprinkle in a little bit of truth to make our lie make us not seem like the bad guy, you know? Church, can we admit that we do this? We like to share our versions of Jesus. We like to share what we think a, a, the true Christian is. And you know, we may, there, we may even be a little right. There may be truth to our definitions, but we love to sprinkle in some of our, our concepts of truth. But the reality is that Jesus is the truth, period. And the truth is what is written in scripture. And that's it, and yes, I agree that it's, it's cool and it's good to have theology but there is no Jesus that chooses a certain side of, of politics or excludes people groups. And while this may be obvious to some of us, Jesus is, is judgmental and, and non-accepting, or maybe to many people groups, an American Republican, because that's what, they, that's what they've been told, and that's what they see through the, the church with the big seat. And so for the sake of the next generation, church, we've got to get our story straight. We have to tell the truth, and we have to stick to what is written in Scripture, and we have to let God show himself through that, because he will. Uh, the last time I preached, it was online, uh, I compared Christianity to a group project. How many of you guys just loved group projects in school? Notice how no hands are up. <laughs> um, no, but um, was good. Um, and while there is individuality in our relationship with God, our task, which I would say the Great Commission, uh, is a project or a goal that the body of Christ uh, needs to work on together as a whole. Daryl L. Bach, uh, in his commentary on Ephesians, writes that Paul does not allow believers to think themselves as independent agents. And I really like that word. Uh, lying or, or putting our own spin on things, uh, I would say it interrupts the corporate mission. It's so important to stay equipped with knowledge by being in our Bibles or being studious in scripture uh, so we could really know what it is, what we're saying. So it's important to know what we're talking about if we're going to spread the gospel. That's why I think small groups are so important. And community conversations, I love the way Redemption Hill does our sermons when we have our little conversations and we talk afterwards because Let's reflect as a community and talk about what we, uh, what we read. But knowing and telling the truth is how Jesus can use us to shine his light. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. Uh, there's a difference between righteous anger and then just being angry to be angry. Uh, if we're being angry to just be angry, I, don't, I struggle with that being justified. Uh, Sometimes there are scenarios though where our our anger is justified. Uh, If we witness injustice to somebody uh, I think that provokes righteous anger. Uh, If we witness the gospel being intentionally uh, misinterpreted or skewed, uh, I think we're provoked to a righteous anger. Uh, But Paul says this, don't let the sun go down while you're still angry, uh, which is a metaphor for not letting our anger linger in the air. And when we let our anger linger that's when, the opportun- that's when the devil has an opportunity to come in and make a move. You know, I would consider myself a pretty cool-headed person in most scenarios until I get on the road. <sighs> or if I'm in the fast lane, and we're collectively going 80, and you're going 77. Um, but I don't know, something about that, it just—it gets under my skin. Um, but if I'm driving, and a car cuts me off, and I'm angry, and ah, blah, 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 uh, but I go home, right, and I'm at home and it's over, it would be silly of me to be at home on my phone still angry about the Honda Civic that cut me off on 84, right? That would be, that's ridiculous. I would, that, I, this serves no purpose for me to sit in that anger and to let that anger linger. It does no good. We should never go to sleep angry, something I've been trying to practice for the past four years. When we do that, we just let our anger get the best of us. But we should transform our righteous anger into action steps with a plan with the lord's insight so it has purpose i like what the author uh, of my study bible dr david jeremiah projected onto others instead they should control their anger and deal with it quickly to prevent the enemy from gaining any ground in their hearts now as we talk about being in the world but not of the world reacting to your anger uh, in this way that Paul introduces to the Ephesians is exactly how we naturally separate ourselves from the rest of the world as believers. That's how we live in the world but not of the world. I truly believe that if we start here and we don't let, we don't hold on to our anger and project it outwardly in the wrong way, the light of Jesus is going to shine on us and then people are going to look at us hey, something about you is different. Something about the way you react to anger, whether it's in the workplace or at a, a college or whatever it is, it's, it's different, it's unique. And whatever it is, it's, it's good, and I want to be a part of that. And that is the gospel. The gospel through our actions. Paul continues to share instructions for living as children in the light. Uh, in verse 29, he writes, If you are a thief quit stealing instead use your hands for good hard work and then give generously to others in need okay we talked about don't lie don't steal you guys know this is commandment stuff Um, they're next to each other in the commandments Uh, but with the command not to steal we are given a call to work and to give in the contrary so think about even when Paul uh, was traveling as a missionary, uh, sharing the good news. He worked as a, a tent maker. Uh, so he wouldn't be a burden to those that he served. Uh, I even think about in the beginning, think about the very beginning, Adam and Eve, they were working in the garden, and I'm pretty sure that that was literally the only time on earth where anything was eaten. Uh, when I was in junior, in high school, I used to wear the same clothes to school every day. Uh, I just didn't really have a ton of clothes, which if you know me now is probably pretty shocking. <laughs> um... <laughs> uh, um but, you know, it's kind of embarrassing, you know, I it was it's like, you're know, in high school, you know, you, know, you, know, you, know, you, know, you want to be cool. Um, then one day, I was approached by a good friend of mine, uh, and she very nonchalantly handed me a big bag of clothes, brand new clothes, brand new clothes. And she's like, here, yeah, have this. I was like, what? And was like, yeah, we bought it for you, don't, worry, don't trip. I was fuddled. <laughs> I was like, uh, it's been almost eight or nine years since that moment has happened, and I haven't forgot that simple act of generosity. Uh, by somebody being able to use their resources and give, and it affected me. Uh, and I don't even know if my friend who did that is a believer, but it was so evident that Imago Day was present. When we can share our resources, whether it's money or time, I always tell the teenagers, like, if you have a, a, two video game controllers, that's like the best <laughs> you can share with a friend. Uh, But our resources are opportunities to share the gospel with other people. And we work, and we we widen our opportunity to have resources, and that's the importance of that. We can change lives with our resources that God provides us with. That's why he gives them to us. Paul, he goes on to continue to share the instructions for living as children and the light. In verse 29, he writes this. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. So, a while back, I was having, I was having dinner uh, with my friend Austin, who I sometimes play basketball with at the Bible College over there. Uh, and we, we started talking about how some of the people that we play basketball with, they don't really have like... Um, they don't have like the, the basketball, IQ. They, don't, they just don't have the heart for basketball like we do. So like, when they play, it's a very nonchalant, like, cool Bible college game for them, but for us, we feel like we're in the NBA. <laughs> and so, uh, we'll get so worked up with our teammates, or other, even other people. Uh, so like when somebody, let's say we're playing basketball, right, and one of our teammates makes a decision that, let's say, necessarily I wouldn't do if I had the basketball in my hands. Um, <laughs> Whew, for whatever reason, that just because I'm so competitive, we get so angry. <laughs> we get so angry, uh, and we, in that moment, we'll say, "Hey, okay, just hold the ball," or "Hey, okay, just pass the ball. Give me the ball, please." Oh my gosh, it's like you're gonna make me scream or whatever it is in this moment, right? And so we're we're getting a good laugh about that, about how angry we get over something so tiny. Um, uh, then we started talking about our friend Danny. <laughs> um, my friend Danny. Uh, some of you, uh, he's he's really uh, how do I describe him? He's really chill, uh, and he's like just this natural leader. And everything that comes out of his mouth is just really encouraging when he talks. And he works at the school, and uh, he plays basketball with us. He's awesome. And he, um, <laughs> we are talking about how like when he communicates with people, uh, it's always so calming. So like somebody grabs the ball, and he's it's always a coaching moment, and it's always like, hey, you know, maybe. Um, you don't have to throw the ball so fast when you get the ball. Just look around and be slow and whatever it is. And it's just like this calming moment. So we're laughing about that. We're gonna get laughed about how we're so opposite. Um, uh, and then I was like, All right, let me just try that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try being nice to people on the basketball court and being encouraging in my words. So uh, you know, weeks later goodbye. Uh, play on Mondays. Boom. Uh, Man, it makes a huge difference. The way you talk to people and just encouraging language makes a huge difference in the way that you will, uh, your chemistry with somebody uh, works. So it would be like somebody wanna be interactive. Nobody wants to listen to somebody who's yelling at them or talking at them or uh, giving them harsh instructions. But when my language is encouraging, when your language is encouraging, people want to be on my team. When your language is encouraging, people want to be on your team. People want to be a part of what you are a part of. And it made a huge difference in the way I was interacting with people on the basketball court, and they would make smarter decisions. Or even if they didn't, they felt like they could make a mistake around me. And that's so important. I think about, this is my favorite Bible story of all time, when Jesus had Peter walking on the water. I think I talk about this literally every sermon. Uh, But when Peter fell, Jesus didn't mock him and say, what are you doing? I told you to look at me, walk on the water, even though I know that's impossible. No, what he did in that moment was he said, okay, he went up to him and he took him out of the water. And in that moment, Peter got to experience Jesus falling, Jesus, him falling in the water and Jesus picking him back up. And Peter was comfortable enough to make a mistake and not be ridiculed by Jesus. And Peter was a goofball, so we know how (laughs) cool that is. But guys, choosing words of encouragement instead of rotten words is how we distinguish ourselves from the world. What if we use words of encouragement to the 18-year-old waiter who messed up our order at the restaurant? What if we chose to use words of encouragement to that person on Facebook who posts insanely misleading information? What if we chose words of encouragement every time to the people who intentionally attempt to make our lives miserable? How bonkers would that be? How different would we look? How would Jesus truly be represented if we did that? It is so worth giving grace to those who do not deserve it every single time. You know why? Because God gives us to grace. God gives us grace when we don't deserve it every single time. We don't deserve it at all. So when we choose to be encouraging in our words, man, grace is there. And Jesus is authentically represented That's the way we talk to teenagers. That's the way we talk to young adults, even those who don't get it. Even those who, young adults and teenagers who bash Christianity and bash Jesus. If we talk to them with words of encouragement, how will they know us? How will they know Jesus? How will their opportunity to know Jesus widen? Before we go into, like, our discussion question portion, I want to wrap up with what Paul finishes our chapter with. Verses 30 through 32 says, And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil. Instead, be kind to each other. Be tenderhearted, forgiving one another just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Redemption Hell, these are the characteristics we should become to represent Jesus to those who do not know him. These are the characteristics that separate us from the world. These are the characteristics of the true Jesus. When Paul writes this letter to the Ephesians, you know, he understands that they haven't reached their their full perfection of the measure found in Christ. And I believe that when we continue to practice these routines, our daily lifestyle becomes this. And it becomes a representation of our character. You know, when the Ephesians came to Christ, they were literally looking to take on a new, a new life and a new allegiance, and I think we should look at it that way as, t- that way as well. When we choose to follow Christ, we, in a sense, uh, I like to use the term, rebrand ourselves and our character. And our lives are dedicated to represent— I want to transition into our discussion questions. Um, for those who haven't been with Redemption Hill, we like to kind of talk as a community— kind of afterwards. And I really want us to get into that. I want us to feel like we're in a conversation. I don't want, I don't want it to feel like I'm talking at you guys. I want it to be a community conversation. Is that cool with you guys? Thumbs up? Something. Awesome. Okay. Um, but I would love for us to be encouraged by our stories and how God is moving in our lives. So I want to know, like, I'm just curious, like, as a general question, uh, what, what sticks out to you from this portion of the letter to the Ephesians? Yeah, (laughs) definitely, (laughs) Definitely. definitely. What do you find that sticks out to you from this letter, this portion of the letter to the Ephesians? What is God saying to you? as we go through this this portion. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's true. You know, um, working with teenagers for a majority of my life, I've, um, not majority of my life, a majority of my workhood, I've, um, uh, I found that a lot of teens get anxiety when they have to share Jesus. And I'm like, man, it's just through your actions. It's not like you have to go up to, I'm not, all the time you're not being called to walk up to the Starbucks employee and say, hey, John 316, here's a business card or whatever. Or like, you know, the, you ever see the dollar bills with like the <laughs> uh, the verse on it? But um, it really is, it's, it's interactions and it's simple uh, in a sense of like the way we communicate with people on a basketball court or in a, uh, your work environment, or on the road, choosing not to blow your horn for more than three seconds. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think when we when we uh, incorporate the simple stuff into our lifestyle choices, uh, it becomes natural. It becomes who we are. Uh, and I'll admit, like this isn't easy for me all the time. This doesn't seem that simple because I don't. I choose not to do it. It's easy for me to choose to be angry and to hold on to anger. It's, was, it's easy for kids to lie because if they get away with it, there's no repercussions. They don't have to sit in time out. So that's really good. Anybody else they want to share? What sticks out to you from this portion of the letter to the Ephesians? For me, it was definitely the, the, the truth part. Because when I read that without going into my studies, it was just like, okay, tell the truth. Cool. You know, like we know that. It's very simple to just tell the truth. But when we are truthful in our actions and not, not just truthful as kind of tell the truth, but like tell the authentic truth, um, that's how we, we really get our, our story straight. Because if I tell the truth, the real truth, that's in Scripture. And you tell the truth, that's the real truth in Scripture. And you tell the truth, that's the real truth in Scripture and we all go to the same non-believer, and we don't have different opinions coming at them, that widens the opportunity for God to move through us and say, okay, now I, I could build a relationship, or this person could build a relationship with me, uh, with God, so uh, <laughs> that our, 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 our ideas and concepts don't skew that. Because I think we forget that people are, uh, they can see the truth, or they could, they could smell something phony really quick, you know? Especially teens. Alright. Next question. What, I'm curious to like, what real world challenges are you faced with living in the world, but not of the world? I would say so I used to never oh. Microphone. Um, so I would say, sorry, sound coming out? Okay. Um, that I never really thought that I was like an angry person until two years ago. And then I was angry all the time about like everything um, because there was just a lot to be angry about. Yeah. Um, and so I think thinking of the truth and then talks about how we can act in a way that tells the truth also yeah. um in the face of moments where we want to be angry yeah um that's super hard for me but yeah. i thought it was a really good point yeah you know i can relate to that a lot um i you guys know i used to work for vans um and working retail will do that too we'll just ruin your <laughs> character um, but the pandemic is what really got me uh, because i worked at the mall and you know there's so many different policies that we had to enforce uh that a lot of people didn't really, you know, want to comply with, and it was really difficult. It just, I would, I found myself getting so angry with people that I forgot people were people, you know. Uh, and I would just get so caught up in, how could you do this? How could you not just think this way? How could you not? Da da Whatever it is, uh, but I would linger onto that anger. I'd go. Home. I went home with that every day for sure. I went to the back room with that. I'm on lunch. I'm not even. I dun I don't know, it's difficult. I had to let that go. Maybe you can relate to that. But that's that, that was that was good. That was good. I definitely relate to that. I feel like off of that, like I often interpret that control hardware anger all like I'm so good at each Oh Yeah. And so and I I recognize like I it's like this moment of like reducing this human idea. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, that's real. I love that. And it's cool because like God is, uh, he talked about for those online who couldn't hear him, he talked about just being honest with God. There's a conversation with him. So yeah, that's really good. That's really good. All right. This next question, I don't really want us to answer out loud immediately. Um, I want us to spend a minute or two uh, reflecting on this. And um, uh, I'll invite the band up as I, I do this Um, but I want us to spend a minute or two reflecting on this question Paul talks about putting off our old ways of thinking and behavior and I want you to think about you specifically in your individual life what actions do we partake in are of the world and do not represent Christ what do we need to give up on those old ways of the world and live into the new behaviors written to the Ephesians in chapter 4. What concepts, what ways of the world are we living in that aren't really biblical? Are we really of God? Think about that. If, you, if you're taking notes, write it down. Have a phone or whatever. We change our interaction with youth and young adults into those who, who don't know the true Jesus. Think about that. Reflect. Thanks for listening to our weekly podcast. Make sure to subscribe to get them in your podcast feed. You can find ways to connect with Redemption Hill at redemptionboise.org slash connection. Fill out the form for a free gift from us. We care about you and want to help you find your way back to God. Follow at Redemption Boise on Instagram for regular encouragement.